0: Hey everybody, thank you for clicking on this episode. Indeed, we are not dead. This podcast is not over. We do plan to keep pumping out episodes, but the hiatus that we went on is not quite over. We are going to be taking this time to start writing the new season, start really working out and like trying to crank out some of the best materials that we can give to you. We have a lot of big plans coming for this next season and it's going to be pretty fun. So we wanted to take some time to cover some other things that we haven't really looked at in the past and actually do our due diligence of finding guests who can really help us talk about these topics. So the plan is to start recording in September and be out with full force um, by the end of September. So we will be back. Don't worry your little head. There are still plenty of things to get angry about. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Side Characters Podcast, a podcast about diversity and nerd culture. I am Jordan
1: and I'm Leah. Otherwise I'm, affectionately known as Brenado-san, okay. by her colleagues and whatever. Anyway. Apparently
0: I'm not a colleague. So no, you're not a um, colleague.
1: You get to call me Leah Chan.
0: Um yes, I did just bow for wow, no one no was, one can see no, that. That's
1: <laughs> absolutely not
0: Audio medium, guys, and that means that you cannot see me, especially when I do something like this. Anyways, so, Leah, we're going to skip that question of how we've been doing because you know what? Where guys, have we been? Or, let's do where have we been. Yeah, where have we been? Where in the world has Leah been?
1: No, let's do Jordan first. That'll be a fast one.
0: Okay, I went to Nashville, Tennessee.
1: Excellent. Beautiful.
0: And I did. Water I oh, yeah. I think I also at the time that you were gone, I also went to Vancouver. So, Excellent. very good. Yeah, Excellent. oh, now. no, yeah, that was the Vancouver, Seattle trip that I went to. We went to yes. Seattle, we saw yeah, yeah. Um, the risk podcast live show, which was really awesome. Um, nice. we got some really fun stuff. You started this, we got some I... fun food and stuff on the public market. We went to the Space Needle, we went to the Dale Chihuly Museum, and then we went back and then There's immediately cool went idea. to see a concert. Um, the post-animals concert, that was great. Oh, you
1: also went to all the pop concerts, too.
0: Oh, yeah, and then I saw my favorite band, Pup, three times in a row.
1: And you call me crazy.
0: I saw Pup three times, um, first time in Arizona and the next two times in Colorado, where, um... Yeah, I went the first time I went with a bunch of friends. Second time I went with a bunch of friends. Third time I went by myself. It was a great time. All three times, except for by the third time because of all the head banging and like you know the fact that I'm 30 now. I was so sore I could barely move during the concert. So I just in the front rows, just kind of hands up the whole time, like yeah, please don't kill me. And yeah, yeah, I was just pressed.
1: Someone move my head for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, there was a time when someone bumped like. You know, the mosh pit was literally right behind me. Someone slammed into me hard and just smashed my face against the front speaker. So that was fun. Somehow didn't have a black eye or bloody nose from that. Ooh, um, what else have awesome. I been doing? Then I went to Nashville, saw the last podcast, saw the last uh, Country Jamboree, um, which was the full network last podcast show. And that was really awesome. So, yeah, diversity-wise cool. and their culture, um, there were people.
1: <laughs> Excellent.
0: So, yeah um
1: the end of our podcast there we go that's the episode everyone yeah yeah so yeah
0: yeah it's just about what jordan's been doing way. um leah hasn't done anything I important done anything. she's she's just been where she usually is and hasn't left to every country at oh, all and we no. have nothing to talk about in regards to that we just went on hiatus because we felt like it
1: oh yeah <laughs> we needed time to ourselves. And for the world to fall yeah. apart. But we're well, yeah, because if we
0: if we spend a lot of time together, it, our relationship gets significantly frayed to the point where it's like Leah did have a knife to my throat at one point, even though she's yeah. in a completely different. I started
1: topic. mailing him razor blades in, in a <laughs> <in the> box. <laughs> it's like, it's like it's... I
0: will kill you with these next time I see you. I'm like <laughs> oh, I break put it. them in
1: books, and then he w- hoping he would open them and cut himself. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Return the question.
0: Leah, where have you been?
1: I have been in Japan for two months. Two
0: full months in Japan.
1: Yeah. Basically yes,
0: to the point where it got to like I got so used to like our schedule of talking where it's like I would talk to you a little bit in the morning and I would talk to you a little bit before going to bed and yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the day gone because that's nighttime.
1: Yeah, it was actually pretty nice because we would actually get to talk in the evening for a significantly longer period of time than we currently do, so it was pretty good. Yeah, um, then depression
0: hit and I was just really like a catatonic state, so that was fun. Anyways, Leah, yeah. tell me about. Okay, you know, we have, like, things that you, I want wanted. well, you and I discussed that we wanted to cover on your trip and all that. Yeah. But I do, I do kind of want to do the thing that I haven't Not done yet you. because I'm s- such an asshole. But, like, what were your, like, favorite parts of the trip?
1: Yeah. Oh, hi, Winnie. Um, uh, well, I thought I'd just start by saying a little bit of what I was doing there.
0: Um, I'll do that for people, too, yes. that
1: might be helpful. I can't yeah. tell everybody everything because I don't want you to be able to find me and hunt me down and kill me. Um, basically, I was there on a work trip. Um, that's how, if people are wondering, how is she able to get in the country where no one else is? It's because we had to go through this crazy long process to get a business visa, and it was a hell. And I ended up getting COVID, and it was a pain in the ass. Um, <laughs>
0: what a nightmare that was! <laughs> yeah,
1: it was not. It was not good. I literally got COVID two days before my flight. Uh, lots of crying was had, but basically, I was there for research. I lived in Nara, um, which is one of the old Japanese capitals, um, and for uh, five weeks, five and a half. I don't know, six weeks. I can't remember how long. Like that. Um, time. And then uh, doing work there, basically living at a library when I wasn't visiting people, um, moving all the time, constantly on the go. Literally the day I landed, they're like, great, you're here. You have half an hour and then we're leaving to go to another city to meet someone. It was hell. Um, uh, And the rest of the time I was in a library basement scanning books. (laughs) So much fun. Absolute, absolute blast. Absolute blast. Um, But then afterwards I had vacation. So, yeah that was that's the gist of what i did uh in general but back to your question of what were my favorite parts i had multiple favorite parts but kind of in chronological order were actually just my two vacations (laughs) um we had a mini vacation halfway through where uh we went down to kyushu which is the southern island the big the big southern island there's honshu the main island uh hokkaido the the northern island and then kyushu the southern island And we went down to the bottom of that, Kagoshima, and then took a ferry to Yakushima, which is this subtropical island um, just south of Kagoshima um, that has this really, really awesome forest that I just told Jordan all about that was also served, an area of that forest served as the inspiration for Princess Mononoke. Um, And I stayed at a ryokan, um, which is a traditional inn, and ate fantastic food and uh saw monkeys and walked and saw trees that were like over two thousand years old and it was really really cool um that was that was probably one of my favorite things so um
0: i was gonna mention yeah. the food that you had but i first want to say you did tell me that you had raw chicken sashimi right
1: oh yeah 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 so so uh this is a funny story in itself. I told Jordan when I got back, I was like, yeah, I had something fun while I was down there. And I was like, you should try and guess what it is. And he's like, how am I going to guess? And I'm like, pull up a list of the weirdest things you <laughs> yep. <get> in Japan. <laughs> and Jordan goes over the list and he's like, what about this? And I was like, no. It's like, well, it can't be this, so I'm going to skip over it. And I was like, what is it? And he's like, oh, raw chicken sashimi. And I started laughing. And he's like, oh my God. Wait, Wait. no, no. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So basically, in Kagoshima, they have this chicken sashimi that they raise in a special way. That or these chickens that they raise in a special way and that they handle in a certain way so that you can eat the chicken raw it doesn't have a smell which is i know was my huge thing about it was that it would smell because chickens smell disgusting um and it was like had onions with it too it was and it was it was all right it didn't taste like that different um yeah it was it was pretty good it was pretty good wasn't the most exciting thing I had. I have two meals that are my favorite meals. We can yes. do that if yeah, you do would those. like. Yes, you want to do absolutely. that now? Yeah, right now. I, I had two good. meals that were my favorite meal. First was in Fukuoka, which is a the largest city in Kyushu. It's a now one of the bigger up and coming, bigger growing cities. Um and in in that city, they are famous for the ramen. Their Harata ramen, which you may have had before. It's a pork-based ramen. We went to I got to pick, thank God, uh, where we went for ramen, and that was it. And I picked a I picked a, a relatively famous place for ramen. We nice. it a line, got it out of the traditional machine where you buy a ticket and they give it to you. We ate it in under fifteen minutes. Oh man, really good. I was say, like that must lunch. have been
0: some good ramen, huh?
1: It was really good, and it's like, that's what you do. Ramen is fast and for business people, and we ate it really fast. Um, it was so good. The other one I had was I when I was in Kyoto, I had skemen, um, uh, which uh, a lot of words people don't usually know. Skemen uh, is spelled a T-S-U-K-E-M-E-N is... Um, is like ramen, but it's you basically take ramen noodles and dip them in this like broth sauce. That's it's like it's like the broth for ramen, but like more rich and more flavorful. And then you dip them in them and then you eat and then you take them out and eat them. And motsu means basically, um, awful, which I'm not saying the word a u a yeah. a w f whatever. Anyways, I'm saying awful as in, uh, uh, pig parts. The pig, pig discarded pig parts. Yeah, in-trail um, well,
0: parts that are left over from butchering. Awful.
1: Exactly. Yeah, um, and that was one of the best meals I've ever had. It was so good. It was so good. Like that. Oh, see, that was man. the one where we
0: talked about. I didn't. I don't think I said it in our chat, but we talked. You're like, oh yeah, that has awful, and I'm like, that's surprising that it was so good because when I think of no. awful, I think of discarded pig I ate, parts
1: <laughs> i ate it uh so i ate a lot of different types of offal there like a lot of pig a lot of chicken a lot of chicken because nar area Osaka has it's famous for that like yakitori and like fried i can't remember what the fried version of yakitori is and so i ate a lot of that and it was very good
0: so you're saying awful is good
1: oh yeah Oh yeah, I don't know. Really I good. just
0: I look at yeah, well, fine. I'll try yeah. it. Of course, I'll try it. Like
1: look, here's what you end up doing at these places when you go to izikayas. You either have someone order for you, or you order yourself and you do um uh menu roulette and you get and True. you eat it. The only one I didn't like, I think, was heart because it was too chewy. No, not chewy. Um, like, like um. Car- too much cartilage and yeah. i don't really like cartilage um otherwise everything tasted great Be-
0: because um this is a nerd podcast i do have to make this reference you didn't like heart because it was the worst captain planet power anyways oh my god yeah. oh my god yeah he had a monkey though
1: <laughs> i also ate a lot of desserts i had the famous pancakes those were quite good i had um a lot of ice cream which was quite good okay um a lot of parfaits you know yeah perfect. Eating my way um yes that's food but the other thing i think that was probably my favorite was my couple days in um kyoto i should have spent more time in kyoto i wish i had um i thought it would be like nara which nara doesn't take that long to do um but kyoto i had to put everything into two days and also was dealing with a stressful situation with finances at the same time um but yeah, I climbed a mountain in there, went to this the temple. Um, oh, my God. Uh, let me look it up. Hold on. Sorry.
0: The Temple of Doom. Another nerd reference because this is a nerd podcast. <laughs> if talking about uh, going I, to Japan isn't nerdy enough.
1: <laughs> yeah, I went to the Fush, Fushimi Fushimi Inari uh, Taisha, which is the shrine Inari shrines are the fox shrines, like Okami spirit shrines. And this is the head one for all the country. And so I went to that shrine, which is also known for having like the thousands of Tori gates, which are the big red gates and walked up through them and then was like, oh maybe like they're like oh yeah there's a path up the mountain that you can go around and i was like oh yeah i'll uh i'll go as far as i can and see also it was raining it was pouring rain um and i'm like i'm just gonna go as far as i can and then i went and there was a sign and it was like oh it's only 30 minutes to the top of the mountain yeah um let me tell you oh no let me tell everyone (laughs) because this is confirmed not but just by me but my my brother and most of his friends who are living have lived in japan Never believe the signs, (laughs) how long they take. And you'll be like, well, yeah, everybody fudges them. No, Japanese signs are wrong permanently. They are so wrong. It did not. It's not just I'm out of shape. It should have taken me less time because I'm out of shape. No, there was no physical way anyone who wasn't sprinting up the mountain (laughs) would have been able to get there in half an hour.
0: (laughs) It's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> here, this, it's not that that was the time it should take, that was the land speed time, like, okay, go! And someone just sprinted yeah. it up as fast as possible, it was sprinted <laughs> exactly. back down, it's like, okay, well he did it in 30 minutes so i
1: think it took me an hour and a half someone who is in full shape not in the rain it probably would have taken you an hour at least like
0: yeah i think that was just 15. the record time <laughs> that they
1: had. yeah it was it was long and i felt bad for the people i met coming down on my way coming down because they took the wrong side oh, no. i took the side that i was like okay i'm pretty sure this one welsh longer is less steep and I was right, and they took the other way. And they were a group of Americans, huffing and puffing, like they were in shape. They were probably more in shape than I was, but they were like, "Please, please tell me we're getting close." They looked like they were dying. You're, you're, so, and not I was like, "It's close. okay.
0: There is no hole."
1: They were, they were only one staircase away. So, oh, okay.
0: awesome. um,
1: I also then the next day went to five temples at the same time. Uh, at the same time, yes, I was in five temples. Leah <laughs> so found out how to
0: split her personality so she can go to different places all at the same time. i
1: went to three shrines or sorry two shrines and three temples and walked the philosopher's path all in one day and didn't see a single goddamn mako and i was kind of pissed about that
0: yeah i know you were texting me
1: i know i was also incredibly stressed that day um but uh makos are the uh geishas in training in case anyone doesn't know and i didn't see any of them which is sad um yeah but yeah kyoto was probably one of my favorite so i also um the first night went to a public bath not an onsen a public bath because the public bath for anybody who wants to know this you can go to any public bath not onsen public bath sento as they're called they're the ones that are like like basically kind of like spas they have they're not heated with like hot spring water those ones allow tattoos. Oh. All of them do. Awesome. The ones in the cities, the ones in the countryside. And I went to ones in. The, I went to an onsen in the countryside. No one cares. The woman but... had a fantastic back tattoo in there. It was awesome. Um, yeah. So that was that was my two things. Okay. Um,
0: yeah. I guess before we get into like the main things, um, just very. Very blanket overview. Of how did you feel about Tokyo? Because I know for a lot of nerds, that's like the thing I want to go to Tokyo and blah blah uh, anime and blah. And how how do you, how was Tokyo for you?
1: Um,
0: crush everybody's dreams and tell them that it's awful and they shouldn't go.
1: Well, okay, so th- this is another thing that I was going. I was gonna mention. Oh no, I ruined it. Like <laughs> I was struggling with. You know, I was struggling with. Yes. So when I got to Tokyo, I entered. Uh, like a depressive phase um um i had my vacation was at the end of my work time and i was so stressful and i got to tokyo and was like immediately depressed and had trouble leaving my um airbnb um and so that was a real struggle for me um but I will say part of the issue was is that I think people built it up a little bit too much for me yeah. Um, being in Japan because I was at one point or the other having this moment and I told several friends this where I was like, so many of the people I know went to Japan and were like, it's my favorite country in the world. Like, I I love it. Like, it's the best place I've ever been. It's so magical. Like, and I didn't end up feeling that not that i didn't like it japan is a beautiful place it was very awesome like there was really cool things and at the end i felt like i had a really really good time i just didn't have that magical eye-opening experience that everybody else had um for many different reasons that we'll discuss and probably because i've traveled a lot yeah and my parents as jordan know live in a very picturesque fucking place so uh, it it's kind of made it a little bit difficult to be like, this is the best in the world. Um, uh, so I was, yeah, I had a little bit of a depressive phase. I will say, I think Tokyo's better if you're with friends. I was alone the entire time. And there were several areas where people were like, oh, yeah, this will be you'll love this. And I went and was like, all right, I'm kind of done. I was here for an hour or two and I'm kind of done because several areas in Tokyo largely involve you just walking around and looking at stores or just looking at things. And when you're on your own, that's not really that fun. So, yeah, and it was great because I was one of the only foreigners there, which was really nice um, because there were so many less people than there ever will be probably ever Yeah, been. you,
0: you kind of hit the fever pitch time to go when it's like there's not that much tourism because exactly. you can't go.
1: Yeah, and I had some really good food. And I will say in Tokyo, the best days I had were the days I met with my friend who lives in Tokyo. Yeah. And we had a fantastic time. I got to go to the Ghibli Museum, which most people don't get to go to because it's impossible to get tickets to um we gotta go to that and it was amazing i loved it we will say there are no english translations anywhere oh no <laughs> um, so be prepared to be armed with your instant tra- auto translate google translate and possibly a friend who speaks japanese which i had um, Be armed with a, a friend of- who
0: speaks japanese go
1: get him yeah yeah well she was kind enough to on the areas where i was like oh my god this would take forever if i had to translate it she would she would translate oh, some of them sweet. for me and it was okay. just much easier yeah um but that entire place is just an experience um but yeah i think that was a little bit of the sadness of being like well it's not as exciting also there were many a things that kind of like I'm very aware of what Japan is and yeah. what it's like and how it operates as a country going in and the issues with it which made it so that it's I don't think it ever had a chance of being the most perfect country for me. Well, yeah. Um but yeah, the Ghibli Museum's fantastic. Um I went to Shibuya and that was awesome. I went to the Nintendo store and the Pokémon store and spent a lot of money on that. <laughs> and, and, uh the uh there was a store that specializes in ghibli goods and bought a lot of stuff there Yeah. so that was really fun but yeah i would say tokyo on your own isn't as fun you should definitely have friends to do it Mm -hmm. um also that i can warn people about certain areas one of the things is is that akihabara isn't what it used to be um and we'll talk about that a little bit more um in Harajuku, I was accosted oh, no. by several guys. Um, I don't remember if I told you this, but it, it really, it was while I was really depressed, too. Um, these foreigners, um, I think they were African guys, were approaching Westerners on the street, and they kept bothering me multiple times, so I almost went to the cops and instead just left the area. Um, and um, it's not everybody's like. Oh yeah, Harajuku. I didn't actually see anybody in the like Tokyo Street fashion there. Aww. The best area if you want to see Tokyo Street fashion is Shibuya. Shibuya. Uh, yeah, Shibuya was fantastic for people watching. Yeah, that was that was that's Tokyo. Um, I could talk about Akihabara if you would like. Yeah, now. we can.
0: Yeah, we can go into the things you wanted to talk about. So if you want to cover Aki yes that place because we're not doing the oh no 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 like before we started i said the word that leah just said and she was like no you're pronouncing it wrong and he was skipping a syllable and i am i admit i am extremely american i am going to pronounce things real badly i know that i know especially when it comes to japanese words my pronunciations are awful we're not doing the thing where we sit here and try to get me to pronounce the thing right for like twenty minutes. That's a waste of time because it's going to take me forever. So talk about yep. the place you want to talk about, please.
1: We're going to talk about Akihabara. Yes, Akihabara. Which, if people don't, if people don't know, is the anime like the anime district yeah. um, slash computer district in Tokyo. It's very well known. Every animated nerd wants to go there, every Weebu wants to go there, you know, you know, Otaku um wants to go there. Um also the other thing was is I was confronted well there of the fact that Otaku isn't inherently isn't as derogatory there as it is here. Um so that was that was interesting to confront. Um but going there, everybody was like, You're gonna have such a great time, you're gonna love it. I did not love Aww. it. It was blazingly hot oh, yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> and um i kind of ended i kind of left feeling like wow do i belong in this in this uh like fandom anymore <laughs> um i remember that conversation i already yeah. as i Yeah, as I said, already having depressive thoughts at this point in time. Thinking about whether I, whether, like, because when I was there, I was met with a lot of moi culture and a lot of traditional anime girls. Yep. Everywhere. Women's bodies on display everywhere. Not just being like, oh, yeah, I accidentally went into the porn, the porn, uh level of the store but did you actually accent- okay cool <laughs> i did indeed go into the porn <laughs> thing in the store on purpose i did i did intend to and some guys stared at me um um that was actually felt more normal than the other parts where it's like just like seeing all these all these animes and manga characters who i've never seen before tons and tons of magical girls yep. like highly I don't I don't know because I like also just like I'm like they're like highly sexual and like everybody's like oh yeah that's how it is but also I'm like I don't think I'm okay with it anymore
0: yeah and I've, I've hit that felt, pitch myself yeah
1: and a, yeah and it and it was everywhere and probably would have been way more fun with friends the most fun I had in Akihabara was going to some um classic game stores where you could look at everything and yes. I almost bought myself a Pikachu Tamagotchi. Oh, God, I almost bought that.
0: Look, um, Leah, it would have been an annoying thing that you would have had to deal with for the rest of your life because that's what Tamagotchis do. Well, until the battery dies, you should have got the freaking Pikachu Tamagotchi. Yeah. Um,
1: um, but, yeah, I I had a lot of thoughts of, like, this isn't where I fit anymore. No. Um, but, in reality, it's that I've made a home within manga and anime that are... Um, that I like and the space that I like and that many of my friends like and that uh, I think it's going to be slow to change anywhere else. But yeah, definitely had this feeling of like, oh, I don't really belong here. Um, Part of it
0: is like growing up and like I see this in me a little bit. It's like when we started doing this show, we started taking more of like a critical look about how like these things interact, especially when it comes to anime and manga and stuff. But like the other part of it is like as a whole anime is kind of problematic when it comes to portrayals of women etc cetera, etc cetera. and like you said you kind of like found your specific home within it and so i don't think it's that you necessarily are um not not really the words I want to be using, but the only ones I can think of, not welcome to the world. I just think that, or the world's not for you. I just think that you found what works and there's a lot of stuff that doesn't work out there and that's on the forefront and it's rural like ah, all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah. The only place that I wish I could have gone was um, Otome Road, which is where the Fuji- Fujoshis hang out. It's another, like, so it's another area centered on the I- Ikebukuro area, and there's this road where you have all the BL stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's where it's, like, a second Akihabara. But
0: BL Road. <laughs> just...
1: Yeah. yeah uh and i could i would have liked to go there to see what it was like just to experience it but i didn't i will say the other the only other thing that was interesting and i wish jordan had been there to see was that the largest number of black guys and other um people i saw black guys and specifically were in on in akihababa
0: Yeah, dude, we know where it's at. We we like looking at big titty anime girls with short skirts. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. (laughs) I'm joking. Before you you even remotely correct me, I'm joking.
1: (laughs) Right. Um... I don't know, I just made, I had a moment where I was like also because I kept running into this guy kept kept up looking, um, who uh, I just kept repeatedly running into in on the like computer side of the building and we were just having this whole thing where I was like, hmm, should I talk to this guy? No, no, I won't talk to him. Um, but of just being like, man, I wish Jordan was here so I could show him that he's not alone because this is something I noticed when I was at the London Comic Con too is that like liking of manga and anime outs maybe outside of the u.s is just like a very different ball game it's got a very different like ethnic makeup yeah
0: i think like from what you've told me i haven't seen it myself because i haven't gone to a convention outside of the u.s ever but what from what you've told me yeah it's kind of different because at least we don't have to get too far into it because this is a whole nother episode and probably one that we've already done but at least the way that like american culture looks at nerddom is like very white so if you have a bunch of black nerds that's seen as basically like looking at a freaking unicorn and so you don't really see it and it's always treated so differently in the u.s i can't just be a black dude who likes anime i have to be the black dude who likes anime does that make sense?
1: Yeah, see, and that's that's the opposite of what it's been like in the UK. That's
0: what I um, want is for to be a black guy who likes anime.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. Like, I think – I actually, I don't know if that's how it is, but what I've gotten from a couple of the guys I've talked to is that it comes out of playing sports video games. It yeah. started in sports video games, and then it became acceptable to do everything else. And so, yeah, just the number of guys I saw at um, – the London Comic Con, who were wearing Naruto uh, jackets yeah, and shit. Like, yeah, lots of them. Anyways, um, love back, Naruto. To, <laughs> back to Japan. I've lost my train of thought. So we- oh, other thing is, it's not Ghibli, it's Ghibli. Yes,
0: Leah. Yes, I know. I get it.
1: <sighs> Just in case anybody was unclear, it's Ghibli. I have confirmed it from Japanese people who think it's funny that we call it (laughs) Ghibli.
0: Oh, yes. So we we finally settled that dispute. It's Ghibli?
1: It's Ghibli, Ghibli. which is funny because that's what I used to call it. Yeah,
0: until you were corrected by so many people that you sort of call it Ghibli.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) And now you've been recorrected, and we are on the right path.
1: We are on the right path. I say manga and I say Ghibli.
0: The amount I wanted. There was this chick that I went to college with who kept pronouncing manga or manga. And I'm just like, please stop.
1: I say manga. I used to say manga.
0: But it's like, come on, guys. Manga. I'm not a manga. Well,
1: it's because of how I say manga. Not a wool manga. It's manga.
0: Okay, so yeah, you wanted to Let's... talk about some of the museums you went Do you want to
1: do that now? Oh, yeah. I went to a lot of museums, man, because I'm an archaeologist, and I fucking love museums. And also, they're really fun to go to when you're by yourself. Yeah, and I'm a visual learner, so
0: I just like to look at cool things. So
1: I'm not going to walk you through all the numerous archaeological sites I went to and all the archaeological things I did. That was a whole thing um but i did want to talk about one of the funnest museums funnest is that that a word um funnest museums i ever went to which was the kyoto international manga museum
0: ah yes right for this podcast manga i'm getting it okay hold on hold on so this is probably going to get cut but i do want to say this part so i cut out all the other stuff leading up to this but leah says i'm getting a drink and then pulls out a full bottle of wine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Full model. laughs> I'm <kidding. I> <laughs> Bull's a Bull's on full bottle of Anyways, we're probably gonna Anyways. pause for okay. one more second. Uh, and then, International, yeah, International manga
1: museum. International manga museum. Unfortunately, they don't let you take photos inside most of the manga museum. But well, the nice thing about this place is that it's also basically a library. Ooh. Um, be, people buy like the it's relatively cheap, and people buy uh like year passes because they have let me see actually if it says in the guide. I have it right next to me. Uh they have approximately three hundred thousand items. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> that's yeah. a lot of items. So
1: they have a lot of manga. And they it's basically like everywhere that's not an exhibit is covered in bookshelves. And you can just take anything off and and look at them except for more of the rare pieces. Um, the the largest part of and this museum is totally worth going to. I highly recommend. Um, the main thing is that they have a um, a wall of fame area where you can't take off things from that that goes from 1974, I want to say to 2005 of all the where they've selected all of the best works from every single year split up there's a shit there's an entire like bookshelf for every single year, normal size bookshelf for every single year up until that date of manga that was released, entire series. And it felt pretty nice because the majority of my favorite manga growing up was on those bookshelves. Like what was yeah. on the bookshelves
0: of your majority of
1: Oh, of the ones yeah. of the ones yeah. that I liked. Um uh Full Metal Alchemist, uh Fruit Sorry, Basket. Full metal, um, Full metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> Full metal Alchemist. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Fruits baskets, um, not Mars, but Rev- Red River oh, shoot, was, yeah. um, uh, I think Car Kenna was as well. was there any Gundam up there? Um, uh, I don't remember. I wasn't looking for Gundam. Get out of there. Um, oh, uh, Emma, Emma was as well. A bunch of the ones. I can't even remember other ones I saw. I did take a picture of one for you, but I can't remember. Let me see what I took a picture of. I was like, ooh, mm. um, no, I don't have a photo for you.
0: Okay. Anyways, Anyways.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. But the really cool part of that is that they have this thing talking about the history of manga, and it was and it was pretty interesting. It was kind of what you like. You could guess that they're like basically underpaid and things like that, and that it's been going for a long time. And it originally started as like, uh, comics for adults, like newspaper comics, not like adult comics, like whatever. Um, and then switched to being for more kids and more detail. Um, There was a lot about Rose of Versailles. That was a huge thing, which I was like, I forgot that existed, but apparently it was a huge fucking deal. Um, But the coolest part was the last one in this like exhibit, The Last Wall. Um, they were talking about the worldwide influence, and part of the thing, they had an entire thing about that on there about piracy. <laughs> Oops. And they were like, it, well, it was cool because they said basically, like, well, well, piracy isn't a great thing and should be condoned or shouldn't be condoned, um, we must acknowledge the fact that. If without it we wouldn't have had the worldwide explosion of manga that otherwise would have existed it is the reason why it went to all these different countries i have to shut the door
0: i really don't think i would have gotten and this is like kind of a bad thing to say but i don't think i would have gotten as into manga and anime if i didn't have the piracy side like if i didn't like start watching Naruto and then immediately like catch up to the manga online or if i didn't like read a bunch of stuff that i wouldn't have been able to get into america until pretty recently within the last like five years if i didn't have piracy so like it really while piracy isn't good and we oh, yeah. as a podcast do not condone piracy and neither leah nor i pirate manga uh wink wink leah why are you saying wink wink that's a weird place to say that um what? yeah while we don't like piracy did help create the boom and like yes there are a lot of places where you can go now that um you can read manga online legally like through viz and stuff like that we but always
1: we, support yeah. we always support the support artists, artist, but
0: yeah it and did recommend. help the manga boom and i don't think we would be as huge as we were what well, were as it is now without the pirate piracy
1: yeah yeah, it was incredibly, the piracy boom was incredibly important and also made it much uh, turn something that would have served as an exclusively expensive probably yeah. like leisure activity to pursue because volumes are really expensive into they were originally eight dollars of
0: volume people. which as a kid that's expensive as crap eight dollars of volume
1: and when considering the fact that probably jordan i don't jordan reads slower i think than i do for a manga i would read through a volume in like 15 minutes like i remember when i was in my heyday in high school reading through volumes like reading through like 10 volumes in an hour and a half or something crazy like it was like i was reading insanely fast there was no point in me buying them and
0: but then also like uh, we don't have to go deep down on this road but like the amount of like what was released in america because anime again up until very recently like within the last five to ten years wasn't a big thing like the like yeah. a lot of animes and mangas that were like huge in japan did not get released in america and if they did, they were very slow to get released in America. So yeah, like without piracy, like I think Naruto, the manga, the final release was like in America was like two years after it released in Japan. It is like come on, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Uh, so and like it also like industry helped the like adapt the public. I think a lot helped adapt the publishing industry to the demands of yeah. online much quicker than it. Cause otherwise I think like the publishing industry would have yeah. died. Like, completely.
0: yeah, I agree.
1: Um, um, but yeah, so that, that was really cool. It was really cool to see all these things. There was, there's a limited amount of English volumes there just warning people, but all exhibits were both in English and in Japanese, um, which was nice. Um, they know their audience. Um, uh, the cool other cool thing was that the exhibit that they had on, um, which is only there until the end of August this year, was on, called Le Homme que uh In French. Uh, <laughs> confusing because it was in Japan. Um, which is for... It's J- Jiro uh, Taniguchi. Um, which... I'd never heard of this man.
0: (laughs) Um,
1: But let me tell you, let me tell you, this man apparently has been given a Chevalier Medal in France for his work. Um, He is a Japanese man who does a manga. I cannot remember what the name of the genre is called. It's called like big scenes or majestic scenes or something like that. Just imagine French film, but a manga. Okay. Like minimalist stories beautiful art like i i think i told jordan while i was in the exhibit like i was like if anyone ever questions that manga is art show them this man's work his work is oh man it's gorgeous it's gorgeous he tells like like one story that's about a man who walks home from work and his walks home from work he tells the stories about um a guy who's going through a food journey in different places he's illustrated stories about like stuff that's happened in the american west like he oh it's it's gorgeous and minimal and you can find them in english or you can find them in french and japanese i'm 100 percent. i don't know english because they only had french and japanese copies there um but i yeah i just recommend looking at some of his volumes they're gorgeous um yeah it was it was amazing one of the ones that they had was uh his one of his first his trouble is my business was a big one and then uh, nope have to go look them up yourself um we'll put it in the description his name um, but yeah, that was a really cool museum yeah. to go to. Um, and that was in Kyoto. And well worth it for the kid. That was what I went to on my rainy day. Aw. Um, other than walking yeah. up <laughs> That's what I went
0: rain. on my rainy day, other than walking up an entire mountain. <laughs> yeah,
1: pretty much. Um, I made it to the top of that mountain. <laughs> <laughs>
0: heck yeah, dude. Heck yeah. I got to um, the top of the damn mountain. Uh...
1: The other museum that I wanted to talk about that's totally worth going to, 100% you should go to, is not really related to this podcast in any way, shape, or form, but is me, as someone who is into social sciences and museums, who's been to a shit ton of museums, can tell you it's worth going to. And that is the National Museum of Ethnology. Now, doesn't seem that exciting. Potentially you've been to museums that are like this other places. If you've been to the ones and especially the UK, they're kind of shit. Um, but basically what this does is this museum puts together and has exhibits of different cultures around the world and exhibits those cultures. Modern cultures, basically. Um, are or ones that have disappeared from the planet. Um, but it's about, it's like modern an anthropological museum. And um most of these museums that i've seen in the west that do this aren't great there's one in in bc um the ubc anthropological museum um there's there's ones in the uk the Pitt rivers one in oxford oh that one's awful um And usually these museums have like a lot of problems first in like where they procure their items from, usually they stole them um, and other things like that. And in addition, one of the biggest, one of the biggest worst problems of these museums is that they show these cultures being a static entity. They show the existence of these cultures showing objects from these cultures from 200 years ago with objects from these cultures in modern times with objects from modern European countries as like a counterpoint. And so they show all these different cultures as being in static things that haven't changed over time, that haven't grown, that are the same and generally treat Western civilization as something that also doesn't deserve a look. Um... And I got to say, the National Museum of Ethnology was the opposite of this. This is a relatively, it feels like a relatively new museum. It's got like, it's got a collected area where you can watch ethnographic films from across the world in Japan. It's got a section where it's got an open academic library that you could just go to. Um, It's also got every area of the world split into sections, including a section on fucking Europe, which made me so incredibly happy because I'm like, God damn it. Europe needs to be treated the same as everywhere else. And it made me really happy because one of the things they do is they walk you through time. They start early. They're like, this is like in Europe. This is the Industrial Revolution, what it was like in small towns and rural towns. And then they walk you forward through time, what modernization has done. Um, And there was a couple areas that I like really wanted to highlight that were really well done. Um, And I have a I have a thing on it. Um, It also had a lot of English. They just have, like, so many objects. It was really cool. Um, And then, like, yeah, so, like, throughout time, like, they show a lot of, like, early early indigenous cultures in north america but then they had ones like this which were like on this was on prayer uh, belief and performance and it said throughout throughout the americas indigenous peoples beliefs and rituals have been heavily influenced by christianity shrines used for traditional ceremonies ancestor worship worship of natural spirits and shamanism the use of medicines or manipulation of spirits for healing have been suppressed in many cases festivals once dedicated to local deities such as earth mothers continued under the guise of christian ceremonies uh synthetic sorry syncretic fusion words of african and christian traditions have given birth to new form of religious performance including this carnival in rio de janeiro so like they would show like belief and then show traditional belief and then show how it's changed due to these christian values coming in and um and talk about those influences like the western colonization influences and those problems with that and then they would talk about and then they would view the culture currently and how it views Mm -hmm. them now which was really cool there was one on european where it talks about like the idea of time and christianity and how that's changed and how it was um there's also an entire segment on bread in europe which i'm like "Mm, the most boring of food no no i feel like that's Um, the most
0: interesting thing you could have mentioned is bread just
1: uh there was an entire thing in europe about immigrants and the issues with europe and how the deals with immigrants and how it's having trouble dealing with immigrants it was very interesting um yeah, uh, modern Europe has been built on a principal idea of a racially homogenous nation state. Um, however, in the major turning point since the second half of the 20th century, one cause of the expansion of the European was the cause of the European Union, which has begun in Western Europe. Another was immigration of people from former colonies, refugees, and workers from Southern and Eastern European looking for jobs in Northern, Central and Northern Europe. Global movements of people and goods began to transform the face of Europe. Like, that's just such a great way to put that. So, yeah, that was really cool. And then I got to the Africa section. And, you know, as one does, you get nervous. You get real nervous when you get to the African sections of anyone's. Yeah. But there was this really cool um, section that I really liked that um, the description, I'm going to read it was uh, this is the one that intros you to the exhibit says Africa the birthplace of humanity has and also remember this is translated so the grammar is a little wish Um, but Africa the birthplace of humanity has gone through profound changes and has always been tied to the outside world the diversity of cultures and languages we see in the African continent today is a result of these changes in this exhibit we introduce the way in which people live in Africa today focusing on four different aspects urban life, work, adornment, and prayer. We also look at the efforts people are making to rediscover their history. We hope this exhibit, that this exhibit fosters renewed understanding towards the people of Africa who live in the same present as we do. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, that last sentence is super fucking important. Yes, extremely so. Africa gets treated as a static fucking object in every single museum and in regular culture and everyday life particularly in america it tends to be treated as a static entity that hasn't changed in hundreds of years people think that when someone's from south africa they're still from a small village when a large majority of the population in south africa lives in urban centers like it's crazy well
0: yeah it's because it's not necessarily infantilizing but like treating it as stagnant as based off of these images that we were shown like 50 years ago I am like oh this is Africa and this is always going to be Africa and the fact that thinking of Africa as something that cannot and does not technologically advance or advance period so yeah it's kind of it's kind of sad the yeah. way that especially America views Africa as like this yeah. broken and- down oh yeah the tribal village type thing
1: yeah and people think and it's they're like oh well they don't have food and water and i'm like oh, you're oh my god that's just such a like it's such a wrong thing to say and there's been a whole thing recently during the lockdown of people who are like coming out against the fact that a lot of these like charity groups and places that do adoption um inflate numbers of the people who need help yeah. like that's what they do and it's wrong um well, because
0: America needs a lesser than. We need some a country or continent to feel better about ourselves.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we just, let's not even talk about the whole Rwanda-UK thing right now. That's... Ugh. um. But the, this exhibit also, like, had a segment on slavery, which was actually well done, and then proceeded to go into, like, modern-day Africa and, like, show, like, African fashion african working um one of the cool ones they had was that they had a segment on work and they like interviewed modern 11 modern day living people in the countryside and in cities and like had them show an object one object that represented how they worked and it was very interesting on that way and i felt like it was really good for like showing younger children changing their aspects of how this how this worked yeah um also there was a really cool one on um African style where I just really liked the way it was written that it was just talking about how like in way better terms than the european section how beautiful african clothing and style and aesthetic Heck is yeah. <laughs> and it just made me just made me happy e- that they're like yeah e- it's inherently beautiful and has been for hundreds of years and i was like yes please That, yes, that was really cool, and there was like interesting things. There was like a music exhibition there too that was really interesting. And I don't know if people know, I used to play and still own an oboe, which is a double reed instrument. And they had this extensive um, exhibition on double reed oboe like instruments. And it was intriguing to me because I've been to a lot of music museums and I have never seen this many varieties of instruments. (laughs) And I actually think uh, that is because the large majority of double reed instruments are not from Europe. (laughs) Like there was, they had, I think like 30 plus different varieties of modern and ancient um, double reed oboe-like instruments and i think two of them were from europe one of them was a couple of them were from north america the majority were from the middle east and in asia and i was like cool that, that it definitely feels like most museums are kind of thinking about race on that factor so um but yeah that museum is 100% worth going yeah, to expect it to take a while um that's like an almost an all day museum and it's totally worth it yeah so dude yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that was my rambling. No, you're good. Um, what else?
0: Okay, so oh. um, Leah is now still drinking that glass of wine. <gasps> but yeah, no, no that I'm sounds touching. awesome. And I'm, I'm an adult. Gla- God, <laughs> I'm an adult. But I'm. I'm an adult now. But yeah, no, I'm. I'm glad that you got to go to that one. and Um, I mean, of course, the one that I was interested in was the manga museum, but it does sound like there's a lot of cool things, especially like, look, I like a museum and I like when people portray Africa as more than just a freaking um, tribalistic broken continent. And it's like we, we see how like in movies, TV shows, media art, it's always portrayed the same way. And it's not just that. And I think that goes a long way to how people see africans black people anybody with dark skin color because of the way that we portray it in media and i like anything that like does like hey let's look at the beauty of this continent as it is and not as it is portrayed and i, and I appreciate
1: that and it was all about change now i will say i have two caveats oh, no. or <laughs> i have two caveats to the museum but I think overall that doesn't detract any much from what i said, which is that the Korean section of the museum, I think focused a little too heavily on the inter- the inter the war period, the yeah. colonization period by Japan, um, which was a little like, okay, I get that this is a thing, but also it's been mentioned on every single one. Yeah. Uh, oh. They didn't, it didn't feel the same to the how they treated the UK doing colonialism in uh, Caribbean and Africa. Yeah. Uh, it didn't feel the same. Um, the other one is that there's a section on the Ainu, which are the indigenous people in Japan who currently mostly live in Hokkaido and Northern Islands up there. Um, and well, uh, uh, if people don't know, the Japanese relationship with the Ainu is not great uh they have done similarly bad things like most other countries that have indigenous people that they've stolen lands from do um well they've been trying to rectify that in some ways some not so good ways like telling the ainu that sure you can have your own association if you promise to to be in the opening ceremony for the japanese olympics (laughs) um uh it really felt like they did they did an alright job, but it also felt like I'm like, mm, this feels like you've been like, it's all good now, a little bit too much for the Ainu. So go that in mind of being like, it's still not hunky-dory with the Ainu currently, uh, just so everybody knows that. Um, but I don't think that detracted from my overall experience at that museum. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I think the only other thing we had to talk about was um how also how long would it go about an
0: hour quite a while right yeah, about an hour okay probably in um, editing that'll be a little bit less but yeah about an hour
1: yeah the only other thing which i think is probably your main question too jordan was like how is it being there right
0: yeah i mean you, on the list of things that you've said before we started to talk about gender imbalance was oh, want to yeah, get into that, that or do you just want to like, co- cover how was it being there
1: um no, I think gender imbalance is good to talk about. I think we've talked about some of this on other episodes, but also in general, it, but I don't remember how much of it overall we've talked off, about man, is that Japan Japan has some real long-term history of problems with xenophobia, racism, and gender issues. Um uh specifically what i can speak to is gender issues um like small there's a lot of small little things a lot of uh it's it's a lot more subtle than you expect um like i women felt safe in parks which was really cool like we were out late or even or after the sun had gone down and we were in these parks and they weren't the best lit parks but they weren't like u.s well-lit mm. parks and there was just like high schoolers oh, hanging cool. out so people felt safe which is pretty cool that's pretty awesome it was very hard to get used to of the fact that i could feel safe on my own um that's um which was nice but uh, the sexism in japan goes in different ways of <laughs> uh well really a little quick. more like, insidious
0: i will say like i mean the times you're like oh yeah i'm gonna go <laughs> out to this place on my own or oh yeah i'm gonna go do this and i'm, oh, I'm walking back like every single time you text me i was like oh my god someone <laughs> to make sure that Leah's is okay please yeah
1: yeah i like, felt very safe the
0: same doing the same things here and even where you are now are kind of iffy <laughs> it's like yeah so yeah yeah
1: yeah i didn't feel like i needed a buddy every time i went that's out good. After that's good that's
0: excellent that's how things should be you shouldn't need yeah. a buddy everywhere you go
1: <laughs> yeah but that doesn't stop the fact that i feel like i would probably be un- more unhappy in japan than i as a woman than i would be here <laughs> which is odd to say it's in different ways because it's way more insidious um like there's small things like on the Shinkansen, which is the, the bullet train, um, the, uh, the the cleaning workers wear pink and blue uniforms, along gender lines. Um, like Oof. I know for a fact that one person uh, I follow on TikTok, she got in trouble because she wore flats to her office and she wasn't wearing high heeled shoes. Um, because women have to wear high heeled shoes. Oh um, yeah, and
0: then the other thing that happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, well that was a that was a neutral thing apparently. That was but uh Japan is oddly conservative for dress um more so than you think. I got uh or that like it was quite warm towards the end and I didn't see like anyone wearing anything that showed their shoulders very much. Um So, that's pretty normal there. Just, yeah. It's not even a religious thing, which is weird. It's just that no one shows their shoulders. Um, And I got in trouble at my... uh, (laughs) At the place I was working for wearing shorts. (laughs) Now, thankfully, the other British guy who was there also got in trouble for wearing shorts. (laughs) But also, why? (laughs) It was 30 degrees Celsius. I got in trouble for wearing shorts. (laughs) So yeah um so there's a lot of little insidious insidious things particularly in the workplace um and I, th- I do think it's important people know this going in that it may not happen to you because you are a foreigner and will be recognized as a foreigner but it happens to women there yeah. all the fucking time upskirting is a thing mm. that's why they like all the cameras in japan's on phones have shutter noises because you can't turn them off. So that that's to prevent upskirting. Um, um, the, one of the biggest crimes other than workplace violence uh, is um, uh, sexual harassment on trains. Yeah. Um, so the fact that there are some gets, places where they
0: have separate train cars.
1: Oh, uh, almost every mm-hmm. single commuter car oh, has all, a, yeah. has a woman's only car, or a car that turns women only during rush hour. Jeez. Um, uh i never got actually got to take one but that's also because i didn't go out during rush hours yeah. um uh they oh what was i saying uh also uh sexual assault and um s- sexual harassment are really underreported in japan um because generally it's even worse for trying to report it than other places Jeez. they just tell you to suck it up or you're just expected to deal with it um Because there's this perception, particularly about women in Japan, that a woman is supposed to go to work, get married, stop working, have a family, take care of family. That is still an active thing there that happens. Um, Yeah, like I, somebody here was telling me that their brother had to move, drop everything and move to Tokyo because his, his wife's parents got sick and she had to go take care of them and that's just what they had to do they had to uproot their entire lives to do it because that's what that's expected from the daughters um which i think it's important people like are aware of this um the one i throw up all the time is the todai scandal which is tokyo university the most popular university also this apparently happened at a different university too a slightly different variation of this where um the medical school um uh, lower systematically lowered women's grades to get them to drop out because <sighs> they said that women doctor would just get pregnant and leave, anyways, uh. and there was no point in training them.
0: Yeah, I see um, what you're saying, it was much more insidious. Yeah, yeah, Ugh.
1: um, that's a whole thing. Um, Ew. yeah, I and I think it's really good for people to know this because I still felt it when I was there, I saw it while I was there. And leads into my other thing, which is part of the reason I was there and was doing work was so that I could see, like, one of the side things while I was there and tempted to do was to see if I wanted to do a post-doctor, postdoctoral position fellowship and there. I have a
0: feeling you made up your mind. Uh,
1: it's the backup to the backup, and only if I have to. Yeah. Because I'm at, several PhD students went there. And what I've kind of determined from that and other stories I've heard from other people from meeting those two people and other stories is that, well, academic bullying happens everywhere in the world in Japan. It is the norm. And if you aren't bullied by your senior academics, then you are the exception, which is terrifying. Um, i had one friend who we stayed out quite late with her just talking to me and being grateful that she had someone to vent to because um her supervisor was awful i can't say anything more than that she's just an awful human being um this one guy the one story that he told me that really stuck with me was that They have to do those work dinners, which I think anybody who's read manga might know about. It's where everybody, or if you watch K-Dramas too, where you go out after work, it's mandated, basically. You have to go, and you have to drink. Um, And this is in an academic lab. They have them every week, and you have to go to them. And in workplaces, usually your boss pays. In this saying, they didn't pay. They don't pay. So you are expected to pay your way. But the thing is, is that they go to these izikayas, which are like these bars where you buy small plates. Yeah. And one person is in, the youngest is in charge of the like tablet where you order things from. And you get yelled at if you uh, somebody's drink runs out and you haven't gotten them another one. Um, and he basically told me that the person who's running that at the lab dinners doesn't. Get to eat like at all, okay. But is still expected to pay the exact same amount as everybody else, which is just insane because they do that weekly. Um, and and what I was told by most people was, oh, but you're a foreigner; it won't happen to you. Or uh, may it's a slightly different at the older level, but you're a foreigner; it won't happen to you. And and my response to that is, great. So I have to watch. Yeah, I have to watch every- it happen to someone else. <laughs> I have to watch it happen to every single friend I make, and most of these positions are two years. I don't think I can go two years without fucking smacking someone in the face for doing something like this. <laughs> oh um, man! And other Leah and beats other things the Shit out of
0: Japanese businessmen, the uh, well, Japanese no, academics, academics. The academics, the fucking yeah. thing. I would love to see. I would love to see. you like, I no, I will not prefer sit. Not
1: down. to wreck my career. Yeah um well but ah, also like another small thing that happened there was at this dinner where he was telling us we were with some senior academics i was the only woman and the wait staff every single fucking time set down the stuff to pass out in front of me the drinks the food okay as the only woman it was expected that i was supposed to pass everything out Didn't matter that I was a foreigner. Didn't matter that maybe I was older than some people. Did not matter. I was the woman. I was supposed to pass everything out. Uh, And that's normal. That's normal there. That is something you should expect there. Um, Yeah. So that's why I think a little bit of the sheen was taken off of Japan for me a little bit. Um, But... Yeah, I think it's important for people to know these things because this is academia, which is slightly different than the rest of the world. But also, I know that in business world, it's, in worse. Japan, it's even yeah, worse. as I so. say,
0: it's much, much worse, and like that gets highlighted in like manga and stuff sometimes. But it's always like, oh yeah, we have to overcome this and blah blah, like like your usual like trope of oh yeah, my job sucks, but if I try hard, I'll get there. But the thing is, like we hold japan on like like especially in nerd culture we've talked about this on the episodes we've talked about manga and anime and stuff like that but we hold japan on such like a high pedestal and we kind of like glorify it a little bit especially with like people wanting to visit and people like wanting to um like oh man i live spend my whole life there and you hear that from people who would not be accepted in the way that they think they would be accepted and yeah, we we glorify Japan to such a point, but like it is important to know that there is no such thing as a perfect place and that there are issues in Japan just like there are in America, just like there are in England, um, and to highlight those and talk about those because they don't get talked about. What you said, especially the academic side of it, doesn't get talked about ever, and I think it's important that we're saying this because it doesn't.
1: And yeah. And if any academics are listening to this and and considering Japan, I can tell you that, yeah, it's the it's it might be different and it might be good for you. And there are exceptions. The place where we did our primary research, the people who were there seemed really happy. Um, My secondary supervisor who I met there chillest man i've ever met i like the best way to describe him like he felt like he was like a colorado north face patagonia wearing dad like he was great he was um, like unlike any of the other japanese academics we met there um but you just got to be even more careful than you would be other places like you should always check out who you're working for what the environment's like that type of thing but you you just you got to be extra careful in japan and it's and it's going to be harder because people aren't going to be real with you no, there no, no. um they're not you they're not going to be real with you they're not going to be open with you because that's not the culture that's well, not what
0: happens the, the, the culture is very work first personal life actual like fourth or fifth <laughs> because um, yeah, yeah. yeah you again you see that e- if you pay close attention you see that even presented in the media <laughs> so
1: yeah so yeah i think yeah and like there are some things that are changing like um one of the museums we went to the head of the museum was showing us around and he's like just so you know there's this it's like um reconstruction of a um early japanese settlement basically Mm -hmm. house and he's like, just so you know, we know that the gender imbalance here is wrong because it has women making the f- – it basically has women making the food and men preparing stuff for hunting and stuff like that. It's, it's very gendered in activities to traditional thoughts of gender roles rather than the fact is we just don't know who did what. Um and he was like, just so we know, we are aware of this and are going to change this, which is great. I'm like, I was like, really happy that he pointed that out. And he might have just pointed that out because we're Westerners. And that's what we like to hear. But it was nice to know that they at least had thought about that and knew to think about that. So um, small things. But yeah, Japan is just as slow to change as people think it is. Like, at, at, you know, you know how like, this feels so stupid, but you know how like leggings have been a thing? in the west for like since like 2010 like leggings have been growing in popularity for women particularly yeah like hugely and now most women i know own almost more leggings than they own jeans like that's that's the shift is going leggings aren't a thing in japan yet athleisure is not a thing (laughs) <laughs> i almost got in trouble for it at least there's not a I'm thing saying, yet it's
0: like that that was like a thing since <laughs> like what like, it's a became like really a big thing in the west um around 2010 so it's been like what 12 years have been like really yeah. big like because like it happened before this but like it was a big thing in like starting 2010.
1: Well, and I would say since maybe 2016 it has been acceptable to wear athleisure in the workplace. Yeah. Nope. Not in Japan Jeez. yet. Not in Japan. Jeez. So, uh... It, it's not like... It's a trend thing. It's just that it's really fucking slow. It's really slow. But it was funny because I was looking it up to be like how has it affected the rest of the world and it would... Because this was after the shorts incident. Um, and uh, I... It's like (laughs) leggings have grown mainstream, man. I think it's taken over 30% of the jeans industry or something like that. Like it's like excessive numbers and how much leggings have taken over. And it's surprised that it hasn't kicked into Japan. Like my last day in Osaka before I left to go back to the UK, I walked past a woman who was wearing like really nice leggings, a white Adidas, a black like baggy top and like a ball cap and i was like oh you're a foreigner <laughs> i can yeah, tell I mean, like she she was asian of some of some sort i i don't want to guess yeah. but like instant i saw her in that wearing basically the thing i had worn the day before uh <laughs> i was like oh you're a foreigner you're wearing leggings and you're clearly not going to the gym right. <laughs> like you are definitely yeah, a foreigner it's like this is just your everyday wear. Um, yeah this is this is what literally every one of my friends dresses like here but also not not in japan so yeah um it's a different place i really enjoyed it though it's beautiful it's fucking beautiful gorgeous
0: very very beautiful
1: yakushima is amazing um all the temples and shrines are great um i am really intrigued by shintoism and the fact that Buddhism and Shintoism together don't require as much active faith-based worship on a daily basis from their lay people, um, and so I'm, 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 I want to read about that because it's just intriguing me. Um, but I also went to some really cool places. I went to Koyasan, which is this, like, the most holy place in Japan. It's the center of the Shingon gong uh, Buddhist sect, and it was really, really cool. I got to stay with some monks That's awesome. and hang out, with, yeah, hang out with some monks yeah. and eat some really Got to cool hang food. out with Tony and, yeah. and and my back went. Oh, out. No. Uh, oh was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was the
0: massage weekend, yeah, or weekday. Yeah, I don't that know. was
1: the that was when I was incredibly grateful that I was in a holy place in Japan because I was like likely a find a massage person here, and I did, and they came to my temple. And, <laughs> Fixed me right up. Yeah, I was like, should Um, I get
0: a massage? Yes, if you're in that much pain, yes, yes. (laughs) do it. Yes, I
1: couldn't, I couldn't, I literally couldn't bend (laughs) or sit without noise escaping my mouth. You're like,
0: I can barely sit up and walk without being fan of Like, get a massage, dude. Do it, please, because like I don't want you to be broken. I am.
1: Yeah. Uh, also by the way if you're tall and wear glasses like I do and the struggle with the fact that you already crunch over your computer uh, tables in Japan are shorter than they are oh yeah I
0: didn't even think about that
1: It's not just the, everybody's like, oh, you're not used to sitting on the floor. No, the sitting on the floor was easier. The thing that sucked was sitting <laughs> at fucking yeah, tables. Yeah, hunched
0: over at a, like, <laughs> like some kind of, like, gremlin just hunched over a table trying to look at your laptop.
1: Well, especially when I was, like, scanning oh, books. Oh, no, so yeah, you like were this. down. <laughs> oh, that's the word. I, w- I looked like a gorilla. Oh, that's like, the I had gorilla thumbs on the, on the scanning books. So, anyways. Well, um, but, yeah, that. Is, That was that was that was Japan. I I rec I I everybody would love it. I know everybody would love it. Well, you know I'm going there on like some
0: nerd vacation, whatever year I'm going to actually have the money to do that. And I'm coming with you, right? Because I need I need someone who's going to help me get around. So, and then you're going to do the thing that you usually do of looking the eyes like, okay, well, Jordy, today you're on your own. Bye, and then you disappear for an entire day.
1: (laughs) yeah You've that have done might, that, that, that to might. me on
0: every like dual vacation we've had it's like okay well it's time for me to have fuck I? off and you can figure it out i was like wait what
1: <laughs> oh i don't even remember that on the vancouver one we'll have oh, to go over that after this did that but to me. <laughs> i don't remember but we'll we'll figure that out um i'm an introvert and we know this
0: <laughs> yeah and i i am a weird mix of the two if if I like you, um, you will see the extroverted side of me so hard. If I don't like you, I will never
1: talk. <laughs> yeah. But Japan is Japan is incredibly green. The gardens are so yeah, cool. Dude. If you get the chance to go... The temples, I, I... Like, some of the people I was with hated temples. And they're like, oh, yeah, you've seen one temple, you've seen them all. And I'm like, fuck that. I love all the temples. All the temples, the shrines. The shrines are my favorite. I regularly would go to the uh, Shinto shrines and do an offering. Um, it was very fun um, and didn't feel weird at yeah, all. I don't know why. I feel like it should, no, you're good. but it didn't. Um, yeah, and came back with a lot of fun goodies, um, which I just showed Jordan his gift. Oh my God. I, I, I did, did gift, literally cry. So. He did literally cry, which made me very happy um, because it meant I picked well. Yeah, because this Um, is my dude. He's been my
0: like one of my closest friends. Well, actually, closest friend. Two thousand seven, I guess six seven.
1: Oh yeah, same Z's. We don't cross. Um. Um, Okay. I think we're so yeah, as
0: usual. And I hate okay. I do the same type of spiel on Webull. But as usual, we end our show. We're talking about what we've been um, enjoying in media recently. I can go first if you want me to go first, or you can go first. Oh, you want me to go first? Okay. Go first. Yeah, yeah. Um. Look, it's not – as far as diversity and whatnot, it's not great. It's not remotely great. But I've been playing the game Cyberpunk, and I hate that I like this game. Um, I really do not like, like – the gameplay is fine i'm warming up to it and just dealing with this jankness but i do like the cyberpunk aesthetic is one of the things that i really have liked like one of one of the shows that really got me into cyberpunk was ghost in the shell and um cyberpunk 2077 is heavily influenced by ghost in the shell and it shows and i really like living in the world of like cybernetics and oh yeah hacking into the internet and all this other crazy stuff you could do and it's a really cool aesthetic but again diversity-wise, especially the uh, views on women's bodies isn't the greatest. Um, It's not good. And I mean, that kind of reflects cyberpunk genre as a whole, but it could be better. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, so I've been playing a lot of cyberpunk. I am doing the net runner, but also doing what I am now calling an annihilation run where every single, oh where God. every single bad guy that I come across needs to die. And I have done every yeah, mission. We're clearing form. out the entire area and i've done a couple times like the npc will be dude v what the heck you could have shown some discretion done some sneaking it's oh like my God. no i kicked out the front door i hack everything and then i leave a freaking mountain of dead bodies behind me and it's very fun to do that because i really like <laughs> combat in this game and it's
1: Funny because it's the opposite of Leah, who also was a net runner, but but st- but carefully knocked out every person, put them into boxes, and then moved to the next room, and then put those <laughs> people very... in boxes unconscious, and then move to the next. It's room. It's very funny
0: because Leah and I are both playing net runners, but I have, like I said, the net runner annihilator. Where Leah said, like, "Oh yeah, I, like knock out people, put them in boxes." No, what I do, I walk in, I use the contagion virus. Everybody starts throwing up. Then I set someone on fire with my brain and then like a girl goes like hey what are you doing i make that guy kill himself and then i finish off everybody who's throwing up and then i move to the next room rinse and repeat i have a really great shotgun <laughs> yeah,
1: i yeah, yeah i also use
0: annihilation shotgun. run Every, like, I don't think I left one single bad guy alive in this entire game, which probably is like shows well, that my uh, mentality is pretty fucked up right now. <laughs> so,
1: But I will say to people, I will say if people are considering Cyberpunk for story wise, I played it for story wise. It's fine. And it doesn't stick. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. Also, if you if you like your character to have a cohesive out- cohesive outfit, Is, yeah, you're, you're, not, that, you're so not you're gonna not gonna get.
0: I finally I the finally was, got rid of the hot pants, but I like it got to the point where my outfit was like this business suit and jacket, and this really nice jacket, sunglasses. I looked really cool, like corporate style, even though I'm a nomad. And then I had hot pants on, and yeah, just yeah, bare uh, legs and these like gaudy gaudy boots. And I was like, I hate. Everything that's happening in this game.
1: Well, part of the reason I was stealthing is because nine, they don't have a turn helmet yeah. off option. Oh, I just like don't wear a helmet, do, <laughs> and so I wouldn't, I wouldn't wear, I would not wear, I refuse to wear any head. Yeah, same here, at all. Same because like, here, I I, like it
0: just looks dumb on my character, and they don't have a turn off helmet. It's like I would rather have my character look like a normal human being rather than wearing a space helmet walking around a cityscape, it's like yeah that's 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 whack but yeah like story-wise it's fine it's there are better ones as far as cyberpunk story i would say it's a little bit better than fine but story in general it's fine and i mean kiana reeves is a national treasure um all, in every nation yeah. that he's, like, been in, he is a national treasure. I love the man to death, and I'm glad that he is acting and, like, truly, like, making ways. Because Keanu Reeves is, like, my favorite person.
1: But they should not have done Resurrections. I finally watched it on the plane. It was not oh, good. The Ma-
0: Dude, the Matrix movie was, really was bad. <laughs> it's not even not good. It it's was so It's legitimately bad. bad. But he, him so and bad. Carrie Ann oh, Moss look like they're having I- a great time. So...
1: I I should have stopped watching it. Yeah. The only li- I told Jordan I literally sent Jordan a message, even though I had no <laughs> idea being like the only reason I'm continuing to watch this is because yeah,
0: of because Keanu. because like uh, I don't know.
1: Keanu 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 was my first ever celebrity crush. She's great everybody needs to know that it was because of the matrix it was my first ever celebrity crush it was a huge deal to me it was incredibly important i
0: understand the matrix crush, but long hair bearded keanu best keanu i like john wick keanu is like first of all john wick series perfect it's, well, not perfect.
1: Yeah. It has issues. Yes. Okay. All right. We're okay. Anyways, Leah, what
0: have you been doing? Before I go on, like long talk about how King Reeves is changing the world look, of media as we know it.
1: Look, I'm not going to say everything that I've done because part of the hiatus is so that I can store up things that I've done so that I can say them for you guys later. But one of the big things that happened that I am very proud of is that I made my Goodreads book challenge of the year. Uh, anybody doesn't have it, it's book tracking app, um, no. and I haven't made that challenge since like 2010, because academia and reading became hard. Um, and I made it, and we're not even halfway through the year yet. I read, in Japan, eight books. <laughs> not for work. That is basically a book a week. I'm very proud of that fact, so I have a lot of books to share. But that's actually not what I want to talk about today. <laughs> But I want to talk about, actually, well, I, I'm going to do Yeah, do things. too. To I talk
0: talk about talked about things. Keanu and about Cyberpunk, so you can talk about whatever you want.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to talk about two things. I'm going to talk about the favorite book that I read during that time, which was, um, it's called The Last Son by Katie Edwards. K.D. Edwards. Also, um, Last Son, so S-U-N, not
0: S-O-N.
1: Yeah, um, it's the first book in the Tarot sequence, and it's a male male um, fantasy romance, well, romance ish, mystery. Um, it's yeah, it's a fantasy fantasy first, romance second um, book um, about this uh, guy Rune Saint John who it's set in a world. Um, where Atlantis was real and it was populated by tarot card named after magical people. The magic system's really cool. They, they have a combination of um, cantrips and, like, stored spells that they need items to store them in. Have magical powers. The people who are really powerful who are the ones that are named after the tarot cards have, like, special powers. Um, and... It's about him and his um, his bodyguard companion, who he's tied to. Like, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Not genetically, he's like he's mind linked to this guy, um, uh, Brand, who he has like the closest bond with, and he's tasked with finding somebody's lost son um, because his uh, throne has been turned to ruins and that's part of the mystery of this all and he's finding this lost son and it's really good um a little bit of spice in the first book not tons none in the second book haven't gotten to the third book yet um highly recommend good pride month read um yeah it's just great time great time author liked my review on goodreads which made me very happy um uh yeah that's my first thing I I even I I like it so much that I bought the physical book when I, I got did. home. Well, first I'm a physical so,
0: copy person, so I like approve of you getting physical copies anytime you get them. But yeah,
1: Jordan, you know you know this about me. I love yeah. physical books. I love yeah, the smell of them. I love physical. I love to copies. read them. I prefer physical books. However, with the amount I yes learned, you can't. Do, I can't yeah. get them because I. Because I refuse to get rid of books, because as Terry Pratchett said, words have power, and I cannot get rid of books because when you get rid of books, they get destroyed. Because no one resells yeah. them. Shit, that shit. It's incredibly hard to resell books. They get destroyed, hundred percent. No, that's what happens to your books when you buy books physically. It's unfortunate, but that is true, and that's why I don't buy books because I move too much. Also, I read eight fucking books. Where do you think I? Yeah, I was gonna say it's like I am
0: currently moving, and I do have t- like two or three like. 60 plus pound bo- like large boxes full of books and I was like man maybe yeah. not. <laughs> I was like
1: maybe not. Never 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 judge a person who uses an e-reader because they might be just like me. Uh from a family who has so many books that we saved an estimated 3000 US dollars. moving books and moving across the country because we packed our own books because we had 40 fucking boxes of books (laughs) my dad literally had enough books to build an actual library when we gave when we moved and and i restrain on buying books and we all every single one of my family got e-readers because basically what happened was my sister went on vacation and and couldn't pack enough books to last the entire vacation which was when we realized we needed e-readers for really? all of us. That's... So, don't judge people for reading on e-readers. Some of us got to because we got to protect that written mm. word. Anyways. Second thing is one that I haven't actually done yet, but I own now. And I'm incredibly thankful I own it. It is the uh, tabletop RPG, Wander Home. Oh, it's a beautiful yeah, book. Yeah, the, the book is very it. beautiful. It's fucking gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Um... It's written by Jay Dragon, um, and he, I believe, is a a queer game designer, a disabled queer game designer, Um, and he made this tabletop RPG called Wander Home, which is a pastoral fantasy game. Um, It is inspired heavily by Redwall, which... Anyone in our age bracket knows goes, oh fuck yeah! Um, and uh, a little bit of Miyazaki, a little bit of uh, other things as well. You basically are animals in a traveling in a world, and um, there's no violence. Um, you can do it guided with a guide or without a guide, so with a DM or without a DM for our Dungeons and Dragons but- people. Um, there's like different got. There's different animal player books that you have. Your anthropomorphized animal traveling through a land. Um, there's different like it's how you can create natural settings and different things happen. And it's like ah, oh, it's in the pictures are amazing. And I I found out about this through TikTok. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. This guy on TikTok who was the person who introduced me to the mechanic I use for getting my players to roleplay, um, which is the cramped quarters mechanic. Oh, it's not just screaming and at them
0: a whole bunch?
1: No, no. It's uh, it's a really good mechanic. I will describe in a second to everybody. Um, but he introduced me to this book, and I've wanted it for ages, and I gave in to buying it, and... Uh, if you get it my favorite illustration is the one for the Guardian playbook where there's a what I think is a badger um, has his arm around a little child that's a that's a cat that kind of looks like Frodo Baggins that's holding a small knife, <laughs> knife it's cat. adorable it's a, it's a tiny cat holding a ca- or a knife it's it's so great um but yeah it's it's perfect i'm i'm so excited to play this with people i you don't even know um but yeah cramped quarters let me let me tell you what that is. It's this wonderful mechanic um, where basically, when your players have downtime in a game, usually when they're traveling or I do it at the end of the night. Um, they get to you choose one of your players, and they get to do a they get to do this roll. Um, And what happens is they do a straight charisma roll. And then if they get above a 17, I believe it is, or if they get a high roll, they get to bond with another player of their choosing. If they get a mid roll, they have to reveal something to that player of their choosing about themselves. Or that player can ask them a question that they have to answer. And if they get a low roll, then they, um, they, uh, uh, what's the word? I don't know. What's the word? They don't. They don't get along with them. I can't remember conflict, the word. <laughs> they, yeah, they, yeah, they have conflict um, and yeah, they have conflict and you do a straight roll and then you do that and then the player can either set the scene or it can happen naturally and they have to do a scene based on that um, a conversation and it's really good. It's really helpful. Because it allows your introvert player to write down things that they would like to have conversations with people about at some point, but don't naturally know when to have them. Um, It allows people who have an experience with roleplaying to get more practice. It naturally, like, has... Like, just by doing that has made it so my players find those story beats of where they want to roleplay and do them. And usually at the end of those i give out inspiration like candy because i'm so happy with them <laughs> just being cool like i'm like oh my god i love you so much please keep doing yeah, this that's um, a good method yeah recommend. it's
0: much better than the um start screaming at them until they role play method that i usually use but yeah
1: yeah why are you talking to so each hard. other yeah well it's it's so hard sometimes just because people don't know how to act out these moments like some people are good because like like for me i like acting out those moments and i think i learned a lot of it from like critical role and the books i've read um that i like i like to do those interactions they're they're my bread and butter in life of being one-on-one with a person and but a lot of people struggle with those because they don't know how to start them. It's just like trying to start yeah. small talk. And so it helps to A, give them time to think about them if they need that, and 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 B give them a bit of guidance. Yeah. So anyways, Wander Home and The Last Sun, highly recommend. Um if you also want any other recommendations for Pride Month, which might be over by the time we finish this, but who cares? Um I I'm your person. As yeah, I was say, it's like uh, we don't really got,
0: have to contain these things to a month. Like we can still do Black History Month re- recommendations, and we can still do Pride Month recommendations even in December. We don't have to contain it to a month. I understand that like part of it is like the celebratory, it, like paid more attention to. But like, yeah, we can keep going all month, all year, Pride Year, yeah. motherfuckers. I read. All- Sorry, cutting that. <laughs>
1: I read a lot of MLN, and at some point in the future, we're going to talk about the realization I had during our hiatus about MLN and why I read MLN, MLN? uh, which is male, 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 male romance.
0: romance.
1: Yes, man loves men. I think it is, or men like line. Men. men. Um, It's the nicer way that's used now, and I kind of like that to BL or yaoi, yaoi, because. because they both, MLN both includes queer LGBT works and BL, um, which is nice because it's sometimes hard to distinguish, but sometimes it's what you yeah. need. This Anyways, one, yeah. We've been talking.
0: What? We've been talking on a podcast, Leah? <laughs> Surprise! Oh Man, anybody who listens to oh this is going to be freaking mind-blown to know that this is a show where oh two people talk, Anyways, well, people talk to each other. Anyways, well, you got anything else before I close the show? Okay. No. Well thank you no, guys I for don't. listening this has been a fun one to get to hear about leah's experiences in japan we talked for way too long but it was really good to actually like catch up in and talk about some of the things that happened um anyways you could check
1: Yeah, this was a conversation look everybody realize this is a conversation that was gonna happen yeah anyways, but we just decided important. to put
0: microphones in front of each this
1: other <laughs> this is why we made this podcast it's because it's the conversation yeah it's like have, might as well we record anyways. the
0: stuff that we have that's like important <laughs> But yeah, thanks for listening. Um, exactly. Yeah, that's really Don't no, I it. wasn't. That's really all. Stop. Okay. It. Thank you for listening. Leah's being <laughs> mean to me. Um, and we will check you guys later. Mm-hmm.
1: Bye. Bye.